Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that He is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now, let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Happy New Year, and welcome back to the I Am Persuaded podcast. I pray you had a great Christmas with your family. Also, as we celebrated the new year, many people are thankful that we are out of the year 2020 and we have entered into a new year with fresh starts, and so hopefully that's what you're doing. Hopefully you have made a commitment to the Lord that you're going to study Scripture that much more this year. You're going to grow personally in your relationship with the Lord uh, just in great ways in this next year. And so we are hoping and prayerful for a fantastic year just serving Jesus together. And so we're looking forward to that. But thank you to those of you that have tuned into the podcast this past year. Um, it's just been amazing to hear the encouragement, to hear the feedback. And I just thank you so much for that. At the closing of 2020, I took a couple of weeks off just to spend time with family and just to relax for the last couple of weeks of December and the first week there of January in the new year and Christmas time. So I just took a few weeks off. And so now we're back. And we are anticipating a great year on the podcast. We've got a lot of stuff planned uh, that we're going to get to talk about this year. And we're going to have some more people coming on the podcast in the next couple of weeks and months. And we are excited about that. And so one thing we do on the podcast, and I believe I mentioned this the last episode that we had, was that I like to answer questions that have been submitted. Maybe questions about the Bible. Maybe questions uh, that something that's going on in our world and you don't know where that aligns with Scripture. So any type of question. I would love for you to submit those and let us answer those. We've answered a good amount of questions this year on the podcast, or last year rather, and I'm just thankful for that. And I love getting a question and diving into Scripture and just seeing what God's Word has to say about it, because every aspect of our life, every situation in our life, every circumstance in our life can be filtered through God's Word, and there's an answer in God's Word. So no matter what we're facing, what we're going through, what our world looks like, there's an answer inside of Scripture, and I'm thankful for that. And so today we're going to do just one of those types of episodes where I just share what's on my heart, a passage of Scripture that spoke to me in the past week, and I hope it'll speak to you the way that it has spoke to me. And we've kind of had this theme on the past couple of episodes just talking about disciples and being a true disciple of Jesus and Jesus. And today we're going to look at this idea of a slow learning disciple, one that it takes a little while to get them to learn exactly what Jesus is trying to tell them and what Jesus wants them to understand. So we're going to look at Mark chapter 8 in our Bibles and just look at the 12 disciples, those that are following Jesus and see what's going on in the life of Jesus and ultimately in the life of these followers of Jesus here in this chapter. Jesus is now in the latter part of his earthly ministry. There's a lot going on in the life of Jesus and his 12 followers. Jesus, just two chapters ago in Mark chapter 6, he had fed the 5,000. Then in chapter 7, he was being questioned by the Pharisees. And he he spoke such great exposition to the hearts of those that were listening in those chapters. He then healed the Syrophoenician woman's daughter. And we see the woman's great example of faith and how we should live a life of faith like she did. And some point during all of this, Jesus had been trying to escape the crowd, much like he would do in his ministry. And in the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry, he did not have many naysayers or he did not have many people that hated him or did not like him. 
But as Jesus progressed in his earthly ministry, there were constantly religious leaders who were bound by the tradition of men, and they were trying to tear down Jesus and find fault in him, which there is no fault in the Son of Man. We know that after studying Scripture and believing Scripture, that there is no lie found in God's Word. And so there was no fault. Jesus was the sinless Son of God, the sinless Lamb of God. But these people were trying to constantly tear Jesus down and find fault in him. And then Jesus was trying to avoid arguments and confrontation during this time. And so he would often leave the crowd, leave the multitudes, even leave the 12, and just go to the other side of the sea, go away uh, by himself in the wilderness and just pray and seek and talk and communicate with the Father. But here in the beginning of this chapter, Jesus has a large multitude or crowd that's following him. And Jesus typically tries to leave the large crowd. But like always, Jesus knows the heart of these 4,000 people that's following him. And the Bible says that he has compassion on them. He says in verse 2, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And so the wording there, I have compassion on them, that in and of itself is worth talking about on the podcast, that Jesus, the Son of God, looks at us and our physical state and understands our physical needs and has compassion on us while we are being faithful to him. And so here he's got a crowd of 4,000, not to be confused with the feeding of the 5,000, but a crowd of 4,000 following him, and they've been with him for three days and haven't had anything to eat. And so Jesus understands their physical need, and they need food. And so now Jesus shows compassion on the crowd and they had listened and digested every word that Jesus spoke for three days. And so they were full on the word, but hungry physically. Luckily, they had a miracle worker present and he was about to feed them physically as well. And so for a few moments, I want us just to focus on these disciples, their questions that they ask Jesus, and the task that Jesus gives them. So I just want to notice a couple of things. First, we see the unbelief of the disciples. If you would, just glance at verses 1 through 4. If you have your Bible there, if not, that's completely fine. Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4. After he has compassion on them, verse 3, And if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way, for divers of them came from far. And his disciples answered him, From whence can a man satisfy these men with bread here in the wilderness? And so they are questioning Jesus and his ability here in this moment. So Jesus speaks to the, to the disciples, basically saying, all right, the crowd is hungry. They've come a long way from home. And if they try to go back home without getting food, they're going to faint. And so if you are a disciple, which you and I are disciples of Jesus, but if you were one during this time following Jesus, I would think my mind, and this is just how I would think, I would think my mind would go back to chapter six, not too long ago on the timetable of Jesus and his ministry, where this same situation arose. There were 5,000 men and families, and so probably 20,000 people altogether that were very hungry. And Jesus takes a boy's lunch, he blesses it, he breaks it, and he divides it between the crowd. And so if I was a disciple with Jesus during this time, I would be thinking, man, Jesus just did this for 20,000. Surely he can do this for 4,000. But these disciples a lot of times are like you and I, or I know there are a lot of times they're, they're like me. I'm a slow learner, and they were a slow learner as well. It takes us a while to understand or to grasp some things that God is trying to teach us. And they, they say to Jesus, they say to the Son of God, how on earth can we satisfy 400,000 people in a desert? Jesus, it ain't happening. 
in other words. And so they had just witnessed Jesus feed 20,000, but now they're saying, okay, it's not going to happen. They've witnessed Jesus heal people, cast out demons, but yet they're still stricken with unbelief this far into the ministry of Jesus. And so many times, that's us. So many times, that is us as a follower of Jesus. We have witnessed his power in our life before. We have literally watched him do something that in and of ourselves we could never do, we could never reproduce. Maybe it's seeing a friend or a family member come to know Jesus. Maybe it's seeing God answer a huge prayer that you've been praying maybe for years in your life. Maybe it's seeing God heal, or maybe it was God allowing you to see where you're wrong in sin and you needed to repent and need correction. But all the while, when we are faced with a new issue in life today, especially in light of all that we as children of God faced last year, whether it's a problem for a teenager at school or a problem with a parent at work or a problem with something in the household or a problem with the nation or globally, oftentimes we are just like these slow learning disciples and we are stricken with belief. A lot of us have made this statement before, which proves that we do act like these disciples. There's someone maybe in our family, someone at work that we know that needs Jesus. But we've made this statement, oh, they would never get saved. They could never get saved. They would never believe on Jesus. In that moment, you and I are acting like a faithless disciple. You and I are acting like these disciples who have not grasped what Jesus' mission is. And so many times, we know Jesus can handle the issue that we're facing. We know Jesus can handle a pandemic. We know Jesus can handle a virus. We know Jesus can handle uh, corruptness in the government. We know Jesus can handle racism. And we know Jesus can handle hate and chaos among every front in our world. But so many times... We are faithless in our in our trust of Jesus, and we try to trust in our own selves. And so we just lack the faith sometimes to see God do the thing in our life that he wants to do. Notice the question that he asked the disciples, how many loaves have ye? He says in verse 5, and he asked them, how many loaves have ye? And they said seven. I believe this is Jesus trying to strike a nerve in their conscience or cause them to remember but it doesn't for them. But it might in your life. And so no doubt there are times in your life where there's a song, there's a verse, there's a person or a topic that someone brings up. And it takes your mind back to a time and a place when Jesus did something huge in your life. Maybe all it is is salvation. Maybe your mind, when you're stricken with unbelief, your mind just needs to go back to the fact that Jesus has redeemed you. He's justified. He's bought you with, your, with his own blood. And so maybe your mind needs to go back to that. Maybe our minds need to go back to a time and a place where Jesus answered a big prayer. Sometimes we just need to think back on how good God's been to us so that can help our unbelief in the moment when we're facing something that we never thought we would have to face. And a question we must ask ourselves is, do we hear him and respond or are we like these disciples so bound in unbelief that we can't hear Jesus? Number two, we see that Jesus not only realizes their unbelief, but he commissions the disciples. Verse 6, Jesus says to them, And he commanded the people to sit down on the ground, and he took seven loaves and gave, the, and gave thanks and break, and gave to his disciples to set before them, and they did set them before the people. So Jesus sees their unbelief, but also he's going to give them a task. He's going to give his followers a mission or a task during this moment. And so Jesus blesses the food. 
which is a good learning moment for us that if Jesus takes the time to bless the food, so should we. It can be one of those things where we just, sometimes we skip it, sometimes, oh, we're in the drive-thru line and we don't have time. But we need to be thankful that Jesus has given us food on our table so that anytime we please, we can eat, we can have our bellies full, and we can go on serving him. So we should learn from Jesus here to bless the food that Jesus has given us. And so then he breaks it, he blesses it, he multiplies it, and that's things that only he can do. Let's notice this. That's things that only Jesus can do. But then he commands the disciples to go and pass out the food to the 4,000. It's a very good application from this small moment in this miracle. Jesus will not do for us what we can do for ourselves. And so the disciples had no power to break a few seven loaves of bread and feed it to 4,000 people. The disciples couldn't do that, but Jesus can. He, they couldn't multiply it, but Jesus could and he did. But what could the disciples do? Well, the disciples could pass the bread. The disciples could pass out the food. The disciples could go and take the things that Jesus is blessing and give it to those that are sitting down waiting for the food. And so is true in our life. Jesus has clearly commanded us to do certain things. Maybe you're praying for someone you know to get saved. Jesus alone does the saving. But he has instructed you as a follower of Jesus to do the witnessing. And so Jesus saves. We cannot save somebody in and of ourselves, but he has instructed us to carry the gospel message to them so that they can hear about Jesus and then believe on Jesus, and Jesus then does the saving. We can't expect Jesus to do his part if we're not willing to do what he has commanded us to do. We all we can pray all day to grow closer to Jesus, but as the Bible says in James chapter 4, when we take steps closer to Jesus, he then draws closer to us. He will not do for you and I what we can do for ourselves. Then we see the satisfaction of the disciples. Verse 8 says, So they did eat, they were filled, and they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets. And they had eaten were about four, and they that had eaten were about four thousand, and he sent them away. And so after Jesus steps in and performs a miracle, all four thousand of these people ate. They were filled and they were satisfied. And so Jesus steps in and performs a miracle and everyone that ate, they were all filled and they were all satisfied. Even the disciples, the 12, they were filled. And so you know what it's like being somewhere and only one, only getting one piece of pizza. You've eaten, but you're still hungry. Okay, that little piece of pizza, it, it satisfied me, but I'm still hungry. I could go for about six more of those pieces of pizza. That was not the case with the disciples or the crowd here in this chapter. They all ate until they were full. And so Jesus had satisfied their spiritual needs through the teaching of the word for three days now. Then Jesus also satisfies their physical needs by feeding them enough food. Not only did, Jesus, not only did they eat until they were full, they had seven baskets left over. Now the Greek word for baskets in the feeding of the 5,000 is a different word for the Greek word used for for baskets in the feeding of the 4,000. The Greek word for the feeding of the 5,000 uses a Greek word that indicates small wicker baskets. And so we can all imagine a small wicker basket, something that we have around our house, something not too big. We keep change in, we keep small things in, and it's just small baskets. But the Greek word for baskets in the feeding of the 4,000 means like a larger hamper. And so imagine the size of your clothes basket at home, 
They had seven of those left over with bread. And so Jesus satisfying abundantly in their lives. And it even is overflowing into baskets, large baskets. And so is true in our life. If we truly seek Jesus for satisfaction in our life, we don't seek satisfaction in relationships. We don't seek satisfaction in our friendships or in anybody else. We seek satisfaction in Jesus. He will satisfy our every desire and we'll have blessings that are overflowing in our life. But if we seek satisfaction in all the wrong places, we are constantly going to be depressed Christians that are not growing in our relationship with the Lord. And so, so many times, disciples of Christ of all ages try to find satisfaction in alcohol, pornography, identity, friends, cussing, uh, mind games, addictions, whatever it might be. We often try to find satisfaction in everything and everywhere but Jesus. And so even the disciples had a hard time and they were forgetting that Jesus and Jesus alone can bring about true satisfaction in their life. He can free us from depression, anxiety, loneliness, sin, only if we'll let him. Nothing else in this world can do for us what Jesus alone can do for us. And so as they looked around, they had seven baskets that were overflowing with bread. And so many times we can get our mind off of the blessing and put our mind on everything that's wrong. But if you and I, as followers of Jesus, we would just take a step back, we would look around everywhere, child of God, we would see a basket or a hamper overflowing in our life of God's goodness, of God's mercy, of God's blessing in our life. We can look around at the dinner table and we can see our family. We can look around on the internet and see our friends. We can look at work and say we have a job. There are so many things that we can look around and just see God's overflowing blessing in our life. Listen, I hope this has been a blessing and an encouragement today. A lot of times we're like these disciples. I'm like these disciples. It takes me a while to understand what Jesus is trying to teach me. And sometimes I need to take my mind back to what he's done in my life in the past. Sometimes I need to open scripture and just find the new truth from God. And so whatever it is, let's understand and let's believe God together. Let's grow in our relationship with the Lord in this next year in tremendous ways. I'm praying for you. I pray that you're studying scripture. I pray you're growing in your relationship with Jesus. And if there's any way I can pray for you specifically, text me, email me, call me. I would love to pray for you. And again, if you have any questions that you would like to submit to the podcast, please do so in the next week so we can answer those in the coming months. As always, I pray you have a great Friday. And God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.